0: Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 381. Got a first-time guest uh, joining me on the show. hes I've talked to him many times. He's a contributor at Fantasy Sports DGens. He also is a part of the Lucas Baseball Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at LucasBeery33. Lucas, how we doing, man?
0: I'm doing well, Bubba. Uh, thanks again for having me on. Got uh, got a little DFS slate here that's about to start in a few hours on Thursday. Yeah. A couple of different spots to go to, and I'm excited to to chat a little baseball before it starts.
1: Yeah, most definitely. That's the perfect time. We'll get done with about maybe you know half hour, forty five minutes. Get maybe an hour to get final uh, mix and matching in there. But we'll talk some fantasy baseball to to, to kill the time up till then. But it should be a fun slate. I'm with you there. Um, Before we get started, just kind of plug away, let everybody know. I kind of mentioned where they can find you, but what you've been up to, what you got going on.
0: Yeah, so uh, my podcast partner, Lou Landers, and I, uh, we do... The Lucas baseball podcast this year, we have just been doing waiver wire shows on Saturdays. We're pretty quick. We are only about a 20 to 30 minute show. Not that we can't go in more in depth, but just for time's sake, we know there's uh, a lot of other shows out there. So we just kind of try to get in, you know, five to 10 names and get out. Um, I hadn't done any articles until about two weeks ago. Uh, Which kind of sucks because I wanted to do more uh, on your site, but just because there was so much unstabilization of the stats, I just started feeling a little bit better about it. And I don't really do waiver articles, per se, or DFS. So that's why that content wasn't really there. But yeah, those are uh, my two main things over at uh, your site, Fantasy Sports DGens and also Lucas Baseball Podcast under the Sports Crew Radio.
1: Yeah, no, it's awesome to have you over there. I've uh, talked with Lou before as well, so a lot a lot of good stuff you guys got going on. Everybody make sure you go check it out and uh, get the LouCast podcast and the articles at Fantasy Sports DGens. But I know you do a lot of um, – you do all fantasy, all fantasy baseball, all the good stuff, but uh, I know you like dynasties as well. Like you, We've talked before in our chats and everything about deals, so this one's got to be a fun one for you. Um, Wander Franco finally got the call a couple days ago. Everyone's got such high expectations. He obviously goes um, goes crazy in his debut, does everything everybody could hope for. Then as an overnight, that's going to happen. That's baseball. What's kind of your overall thoughts on him going forward this season? Are you like super optimistic like some, or are you going to be like cautious
0: as well? I was not sure as far as him being a stud coming out of the gates just because – I'm not sure if the stolen base totals are going to really be huge. I'm not sure if he's really going to be doing 20 steals in his first few years since he has bulked up quite a bit. He's a big guy. Um, And as far as his home runs, obviously there has been some questions surrounding his launch angle and more of a ground ball tilt, even though he's got elite plate discipline. Uh, But whenever you watch him, uh, there's just something different about him. Um, Kellanick kind of had that, but had a sluggish start. Uh, Interesting thing, Bubba, is that he's actually available and uh, an online championship that I'm participating in. Really? I I was researching uh, this afternoon, and <laughs> he, uh, he wasn't drafted. That's what it was. He just wasn't uh, drafted. Okay. that that so, yeah. Well,
1: and an OC is 12 teams. So, yeah, I guess that makes a little more sense.
0: Plus, there was just concerns of are they going to bring him up and only yeah. give him four or five days a week. Since they are the Rays, I know it's an elite prospect. It's the best prospect in the game, but that was a concern. I mean, even some people were concerned about that with Meadows. Uh, myself included, stupidly, he's a stud. But um, you know, I'm the now that wanders up, I do think he can pays for 25 plus homers with a 300 batting average. So I think he's definitely right there in that stud category from day one. Now he could flame out somewhat, but I'm 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 even more excited now that he's up than I was previously.
1: Yeah, it was weird because, you know, we saw Taylor Walls get called up. So everyone's like, oh, Franco this, Franco that. And then everyone's like, well, Duran's going to get called up before him. That guy and of guy. got all of a sudden Franco jumps over Duran. So that was cool to see. And it was the same idea as like we want to see Franco up or Franco up, but we also want to see him play every day. So the fact they brought him up makes you feel like he's going to play every day, which is very, very good to see. And it was interesting, like the first game he's out there at shortstop, or no, was it third base both games or sec- shortstop? It might have been third base both games, actually. Yeah, but he was uh, yeah, third base. Third base both games. That's what it was. But he hit second in the order, hit third in the order. We know the Rays like to move things around a lot. So we'll still see what happens. Because, you know, you still have Joey Wendell. You still have Brandon Lau. You still have, they have so many embarrassments of riches, basically, in that team. But it seems like just the fact that he's been starting at third base, which I think surprised many of us the first day when he expected, you know, he's going to come up and play second or short, at least, somewhere in the middle infield. So that that's good to see. They're willing to try that. We'll see how things keep going. Um, the bright side is, is he's going to be in the AL East most of the time. And that's some fun ballparks to hit in and a couple just bad rotations to hit against. So there could be some fun coming his way. So absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited.
1: So Yeah, no, you know. we'll have to see. On, I, I can't wait to, have to like message you or, or something. You'll t- tweet it out or something. I can't wait to see how much he goes for in that O.C.
0: Yeah, that's the, the, the that's the beat call weatherwax with uh Paul Spore and Justin oh, Mason. Oh, that's a
1: loaded so, league. That's going to be fun. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm struggling in that league, and let me tell you, I think about that one just as much as my good leagues. It just ticks me off, man. But it's it's all good. Yeah,
1: you can say you're struggling, but then when you look at who's in that league, you you yeah. went into the lion's den in that one. So not saying that you're not qualified, obviously, but I mean it's just one slip up, and every, any talented guy is just going to go. And that's just how if you have the injuries or this, that, and the other. And everyone's competing for saves and the injury bug and everything. It's just a and fab's so wild. We talk about it on so many shows. You guys talk about it probably on your waiver wire show. There's so many things that it's from league to league, it's so different. You don't know what to do. So you're throwing your bids out and praying it hits, and one league it might hit by over sixty dollars or something, and one league you lose by sixty dollars. And so the Franco want to be interesting to see how that one goes. We'll have to see uh I know Mason and Spore will talk about it quite a bit on their show. Yep. Uh so we'll we'll see how that goes. Maybe you can get some insider info by listening in to the sleeper in the bust. Um, yeah, a bad one here, and this one, people say Byron Buxton's injury-prone, and I can see the argument from time to time, and it stinks. But this time he gets hit in the hand, and it could be because there's no sticky stuff. Who knows? Who knows what it was? But he's going to be out for quite a while again. So this is a big, big bummer. You know, that we, we, nothing we can do about that. The question I have in play for you is, you know, Max Kepler just came back from the IL. He's actually hitting pretty good already since coming back. You have Kirilov, who they can play at first base, with Sano's so maybe showing signs of hitting the baseball now. Um, you still have um, you still have. Um, why am I skipping Larnack? Trevor Larnack, who's uh, hitting really well. How are you approaching this outfield situation with so many hands and only so many positions?
0: This is definitely a uh, somewhat of a death knell. Uh, for their team. Obviously it sucks for fantasy owners and, and Buxton's actually my favorite player in the game. Just I've been on him in dynasty for many years and uh, it's been a tough relationship there. But as far as the twins, um, I think they're going to have to be kind of be forced to put in Kepler in center field. That's pretty terrible for their pitching yeah. staff. And uh, it's, the good thing is, is if we're going to be optimistic about this, it is going to secure Larnick uh, in that role. I mean, this team had Rob Snyder out in center field, and he was hitting, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had some good numbers there, but uh, it's just not the twin season. But uh, surprisingly, they're, they're relatively uh, high up in the standings, um, better than I expected, just with a little hot search. But I think you will see Kepler in center field.
1: Yeah, I think that's what you're going to do, and I think they're going to want to try to trade Sanoa if they can. That'll help with a lot of this, so I think that's one angle they're going to try to do. Then you just move Kirilov to first. You have Kepler and Larnack in the outfield taking those two spots up, and you make it work because even uh, when certain players were coming back, Larneck was still hitting third, fourth, fifth. Like they wanted to keep him in there. Uh, obviously, we know what Kirilov can do. It's, it's a very, very loaded young team right now, so it's fun to see so hopefully they keep that going. Uh, Before we get to the next question here, we have some guys in the chat here, so I want to bring it up first. Randy Haynes says, just tell us what you're bidding on Wander Franco. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You might have to go somewhere else, Randy, for that one. But, um, Will Garofalo, he's a great guy and he says, um, are you a big MLB the show guy?
0: Actually, I, uh, I have to apologize to anybody that I played MLB the show with last year. I just got started during the pandemic and I was playing in a loaded league with guys like Will, who smoked me. I think I might have even rage quit on him just because
1: it was like <laughs> 13
0: to nothing. And I couldn't, like, he knew if it was a ball, wouldn't swing. If it was a strike, it was a home run and got crushed in that league. But I play a little bit now. But, uh, and Randy actually has been dominating that online championship. He's actually in first place, uh, right, right above Spore, I believe, unless they flip flopped.
1: Well done, Randy. Well done. And, uh, yeah, I wish I could play video games. I used to play them all the time. I see all you guys playing them. And I was like, yep, yeah, I just haven't found the uh, the timing to do it just yet. One of these days. I tell myself, one of these days. Um, San Francisco Giants, near and dear to my heart, and Brandon Belt's near and dear to my heart, but the man just can't stay healthy this year. It's, it's absolutely it's hor- horrible. Uh, he scored yesterday, but as he was running the bases, messed up his knees, going right back to the IL. Another injury for Brandon Belt. Now, you know, Darren Ruff came back recently. Lamonte Wade Jr. got sent down, but he was playing first base when Belt was hurt last time. Um, Tommy LaStella is going to start a rehab assignment very shortly. Um, what's your thoughts on what they do? Because I have my thoughts as a guy that watches them 24-7. But what's your thoughts on what the Giants are going to do with the first base
0: position? Yeah, I uh, I know you're going to fill in here, and you're more the expert on this team than myself. I was quite disappointed to see uh, Lamonte Wade Jr. get mm-hmm. sent down. Um. He was hitting pretty well. He's always been a, a strong walker eight guy. Uh, so perhaps they give him a shot if Darren Ruff uh, isn't doing a whole lot. Darren Ruff's kind of old. Um, he was actually hitting decently before he uh, tore his hamstring. But uh, I think they'll give Ruff a shot. And perhaps if he's scuffling and belts out for a little while, maybe they bring uh, Wade back up.
1: Yeah, before uh, when Bell got hurt the first time before Ruff got hurt, they played Ruff every day. He was first, he was just first left, he's platoon. Then they just played him every day because he was hitting, like you said. So I think it is going to be his job to start with. Yeah. Um, They could always bring Wade up to do a platoon situation, give another left-handed bat there. That's an option. I think they'd love to wait and get La back and do that. Yeah. So it stings because I, I wanted Lamont Wade too. And um, like I went to the game last Sunday. Wade was leading off. Things are great. Apparently that afternoon they, they put him back to triple-A. Didn't report on it until later Monday. So, of course, I have him in my lineups and no other outfielders because of injuries. So, I have Lamont Wade in my TGFBI lineup this week for the entire week. It's absolutely outstanding. So, that's, <laughs> uh, that's that was full tilt. So, maybe they call him up and he gets like two games this week, and that'd be sweet. I'd be I'd be a big fan of that. I'd be like just the Joy Luck Club. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the Darren Ruff Show, and that's what we're going to have to hope for for now. And if it is, he's worth a flyer on the waiver wires. Like, he really is. Like, we're going to get some waiver wire talk later, but – Darren Ruff's been quite productive so far this season. And if you're in deep leagues, I'm not saying 12 team leagues, but if you're like in a 15 team league, you couldn't give him a shot if you need him because he's going to have should have outfield and first base eligibility by now. So something to keep in mind.
0: Absolutely. I, uh, I actually had Ruff in a league the 90, if I got him a few days before he got hurt in a deep 20 team, 70 man roster daily league. Perfect oh for that. Perfect. So yeah. it's like you know you plug him in there, and his his is a slug league too. So his slugging percentage is just like all right, this is a perfect guy. And then hamstring and uh, but hopefully he can get it going. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I remember that injury so bad. I'm sitting. Here, I, I might have been recording when it happened because I always have the, a game on or something on the TV, and it was a single that that big big man tried to turn it into a double and popped his hamstring on. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't even have like thought about that. Just trot the first base. No, nope, he tried to make more of it than he could, and it just backfired royally. So. Yeah, hopefully he's good to go. Cause like you said he was crushing it and I I like that one quite a bit. Aaron Savale, he's had a very, very up and down season. Like if you go look at his game logs, you look at his peripherals, certain games he's just dominant, striking out the world. Other games he can't strike out anybody because he's pitching a contact to contact and getting shelled. It is it's really, really odd with um with uh, Aaron Savale. Well now he's got a um, like a fractured middle finger. Uh so he's gonna be our sprained middle finger. He's gonna be out four to five weeks at least. First off, are you dropping Aaron Savali anywhere?
0: I actually have him in TGFBI, and there's no way I'll be dropping him. Um, It's only about a four- to five-week injury, supposedly. Obviously, it can take quite a bit uh, longer. As far as him actually getting wins and decisions, you're probably looking more six, seven, eight weeks. But with how he's pitching, um, I'm not going to drop him until I truly have to. I'm not too banged up in that league. But if you do have to drop him, I totally get it. Yeah, it's pretty
1: tough. Now, you look at the Cleveland Indians now, and their rotation was once glorious. We have Bieber on the IEL. You got Savali on the IEL. Um, you have Puka shells on the IEL. You have, they're all gone. So um, when, when you're looking at things now, Tristan McKenzie, J.C. Mejia, Quantrill might get more starts. We have Morgan who's starting. Any of these guys interest you?
0: Actually, a couple of them do. Okay. Um like I said, and I uh, don't mean to refer to the same league or just my leagues again, no, it's fine. but I, I did uh, I did grab that Sam uh, Hintages. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been pitching a little bit better of lately, and I strictly picked him up for the fact that this is a tremendous development team. Obviously, you know, Please X somewhat came out of nowhere, and Savali had a decent track record in the minors, but they weren't big names. So this is a team that develops players. And Quantrill is another guy that uh, I, I do have queued up to answer one of the questions. I like him quite a bit as a guy who could break out. He's been pitching well lately. Uh, outside of that, though, Morgan and Mejia, I've looked at them a little bit. But as of now, they need to show me more until I'm interested.
1: No, I like that. And Quantrill a guy that I liked when he was in San Diego. I had him in some... Uh... Like I'm on like two dynasty leagues, and I think I had him in one of them. And Then when they traded him, I got my hopes up, and then they didn't want to start him in Cleveland. But now he's getting his chance, so I'm with you. Like The, the pedigree is obviously there, and he's shown signs of it from time to time. So maybe a, a run with no one kind of looking over his shoulder will be kind of nice to uh, see what he can get. Uh, speaking of a guy that has the prospect pedigree but has had trouble figuring it out of late, Keston Hira, he's been up, he's been down, he's been up, he's, he's back, though. Because Dan Vogelbach, similar to Darren Ruff, should not be trying to, to run really fast. It's just not what they should be doing. So uh, Vogelbach to the IL with a hamstring injury. Kesson here called back up on his first game. He went 0 for 2 with a walk and no strikeouts. That's a point in the right direction. His strikeout rate. I think DVR tweeted it out. Because um, his first time back to the minors, he's still striking out a ton. So he gets called back up, strikes out a ton. This last trip in the minors. He was down to like a 24, I think, or 26% strikeout rate, which is much better for Keston Hero. So are you more optimistic this round? Because he's on a lot of waiver wires right now.
0: Yeah, I'm not the most optimistic about him, yeah. just because if you, if you do look into his numbers, there's nothing that's exciting except for his prospect pedigree. So it's a pure leap of faith. Now, if he is available and you need a boost of power, Sure, go grab him, but keep your expectations in check. And I probably would not start him right away. I'd, I'd make him prove himself on my bench.
1: Yeah, we're very similar in that one because um I have had a couple people like hit me up in the DMs asking, "Hey, what do I do with Hero? Do I go pick him up?" This and that. I'm like, I get it. Like you're looking at the pedigree and hoping it hits. You remember what he did a few years ago? But I added him earlier this year, like prospectively. I got him cheap, at least. Thank goodness. And I've dropped them, and I'm not picking them back up. I told people, you know, if you want to do it, go for it. I'm going to sit and make him prove it this time. Like, if I mm-hmm. miss out on him, I miss out on him, so be it. I'll save that money for other things I know I need at the time instead of speculating on a guy that I hope is it out. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to see. I hope he does. really do. But it's uh, he's really got to show it. And I know it's just a small sample. and It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek. But the fact he did not strike out on the first night gives me a little optimism to say the least. Um, last one I got for you here, uh, George Springer, he's back from the IL. Like we've seen uh, Randall Gritchik get a day off. We know before uh, Rowdy Tellez got days off. What are you doing with some of these outfield people with George Springer back?
0: Yeah, with Springer, uh, it's really exciting to see that they're not just going to simply put him as the DH. They put him in center field, which proves his health. Um, I have him in one DC and, uh, that's been tough, but, um, I think Rowdy Tellez is just down on the farm until there's a need that pops up. Uh, outside of that, I think it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, so he's just out of the picture. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, he is out of the picture, which I'm with you on that one. I'm a big Rowdy Rowdy fan, but it's it's not looking yeah. pretty with that one. Maybe they'll trade Gridzik, but then again, we got to see Springer stay healthy. We thought he was healthy the first time, didn't pan out, but that uh, very, very talented offense gets even more talented, which is very, very nice. Um, a couple minor notes here Cotel Marte left with an injury they're hoping they a hamstring injury they hope they don't have to put him on the I.L. Ronald is day-to-day with a back injury and Marcus Stroman has a hip injury but they hope to not put him on the I.L. as well all right Lucas mentioned a couple recent articles at Fantasy DJ so we're just going to go over a couple players real quick and get it he did a, a fantasy baseball stocks up edition for hitters and stocks down edition basically two months into the season guys that are you know, way, way performing well and guys aren't performing so well. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts for those that have not read the article on like, are you optimistic going forward on some of these players or is it just like, you know what they peaked? Like if you can trade, sell them type thing or or what's your thoughts on these? And I'm going to start out with one in your stock ups edition is Marcus Simeon. He's been outstanding this year, like really, really good. There's no hiding that. Uh, some people were talking about towards the end of draft season. And he's leading off for the Blue Jays, a very good team to lead off for. Are you a believer in we get something close to this the rest of the way? Are you thinking, you know what, if you can sell him, sell him?
0: Man, this is actually, this was one of the trickier ones. Uh, As you know, I broke down about 14 different hitters, just as, or actually 13, I didn't do two catchers. But Simeon was one of the trickiest ones. I mean, if you look at his career outside of the 2019 awesome third and MVP season and this year, it's, it's not even been 100 WRC plus. Uh, obviously, he's been able to provide some steals, some good homers, and he's hitting in an insane lineup. So it's going to be very tricky to trade Simeon. Um, but I do think he's going to have to come down a little bit off this pace, just given his career. I mean, there is a possibility he's found a new level as just a better hitter. He worked his butt off working with Ron Washington uh, to become a better player. Um, but if you have a, a need and you can get some pitching for him for an SP2 that you really love, uh, it might be tricky to get an SP1 for him, but in the right circumstances, I could see you dealing him away.
1: Yeah, no, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I love Marcus Simeon. I love the fact that he's got like such good eligibility throughout the diamond for you, uh, second base and shortstop, which is really, really nice. But you also got to wonder like, how long is this? He's hit 18 home runs already this year. His career high at 33 in that one season, but mm-hmm. he's usually about a 15 to 20 home run guy. Um, he's hitting great average-wise. He's stealing bags. His career high in stolen bases is fourteen. He already has nine. Like he's he's having a career year. Very simple, easy to say. And and the rest of the season projections projecting to, to get another like the bad X has him hitting eighteen more home runs, or six more steals, hitting two sixty three. That's outstanding if that works. But it's uh, I'm with you. I, I I'm waiting for that other like a, a big slump to happen or something. But we'll I see do on think that one.
0: I do think the park upgrade from Oakland is a big factor to an yeah. extent. Um, and also like you said, he's running with the nine steals. I mean, the dude wants a paycheck and a big one, so that's kind of where you're at.
1: Yep, 100% there. Um, one player that I was 100% wrong on I pretty much just avoided in all drafts this year was Chris Bryant. I was just like, you know what, I'm not buying it. He's, he looks broke. Like His shoulder might be still bugging him or something. Well, he's got 14 homers. He's in 278. He's mashing left-handed pitching. He's doing everything right now, but it's like the Cubs offense still isn't overwhelming like it should be for that talented of a roster and they might trade him. So what's your thoughts on Bryant the rest of the season?
0: Yeah, Bryant, um, I think it's just really been health issues the guys had. He's had some shoulder issues, um, and last year he was god-awful. It was only 34 games, um, but I think really he's he's a really talented player. I was off him too uh, just because of where he was going. I was looking more to add some stolen bases in that range, and plus it was just You know, you come off of that horrible year, certain guys like J.D. Martinez, it can just feel a little bit better to buy back into, but Bryant adding in the health issues that he's had. Um, But like I said, outside of that 2020 year, he's been a very, very good hitter. Uh, I do buy it actually with Bryant. Could get traded. That could boost his morale too to fight for a playoff spot, but I do like Bryant a lot rest of the season.
1: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I'm completely, I was completely wrong on him. Big, big swing and a miss, so That's uh, one I will take the L on, and he looks pretty darn good. He looks healthy. I'll say that much. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the Dodgers real quick for another guy that I was like, you know, I I can't do it. I get the eligibility. It's a thing I like to draft for, and Chris Taylor has it, and that was huge. But I was always concerned with playing time, and there's a part of the year where the playing time was still in question. He wasn't getting the regularity that, you know, you might want from a fantasy player, but he is now, and he's being very, very productive with it. Like, he's on pace for you know, close to 20 home runs and, you know, 15 to 20 stolen bases right now, which is outstanding. Are you buying into Chris Taylor the rest of the way?
0: I am. Um, actually, unlike Bryant, I was I was able to get a handful of Chris Taylor shares here and there. I know the playing time is a little concerning just because, I mean, it is for almost every Dodger. Uh, they all get days off. It's just uh, the embarrassment of riches. Mm-hmm. But uh, considering the fact he was able to chip in like 10 to 15 plus steals and uh, – just whenever they had an injury, he would get a bump in playing time. I did go after him. The on-base percentage has been almost insane. It's been almost 400. Uh, it's just been insane. Uh, so I love what uh, what he's been up to so far, and I would buy in if you're getting him at a, at a pretty decent rate.
1: A couple more to ask you about here. Um, everybody fell in love with Adelis Garcia to start the season because he just took the world by storm, uh, crushing home runs. Another two-home run night a couple nights ago, but those were his first home runs. In a bit, he's hit quite of a, a rookie wall, one would say. They're making adjustments to him. He has to adjust back. Um, obviously, he was going to continue the tear he was on to start the season, especially with all the swing and miss in his swing. But there's still belief there's a lot of power there. What are you doing with a guy like Adeliz Garcia the rest of the way?
0: Yeah, this is a guy I completely missed out on. Um, I don't even he was available for, I believe, all 29 teams to claim uh, free of charge off waivers. So that goes to show you he was surprised to every team in the, in the league. This is a, a profile I'm completely out on 30 uh, percent strikeout rates does not buoy it whatsoever with walks. I mean, he's a four percent walk guy. The steals, it does make him quite a bit more appealing. Um, but whenever he goes cold, you're going to see, you know, 100, 100, 100 slash line. And maybe he runs into one and that's, that's what he does, but, uh, just, uh, not the kind of guy I like personally.
1: Yeah. It's a tricky profile. Like I think if you could have traded him a few weeks ago was the time to do it. Cause now I think more people are kind of seeing what we've seen the last few weeks. He might have a hot streak here and there, but I think we're kind of seeing the guy we're going to get the rest of the way, which is going to show a lot of power but a very low batting average and some massive slumps that uh, could could ding you up from time to time. So keep that in mind with Adelise Garcia. Um, last one I've got for you here. Mitch Hanniger was, you know, banged up the last few years. We got very excited because he's coming into the year um, healthy. He's swinging a pretty good bat overall, but he's getting a little banged up again. But really, he looked like the Mitch Hanniger of older for a while. Are you uh, are you buying in on Mitch Hanniger continuing to produce this year? Are you concerned with – what we've seen maybe the last week or so with his health and just overall production.
0: Yeah, I actually, uh, I like him a lot more than I did heading into this year. I mean, the guy had some ruthless injuries that shall not be named on this Mm -hmm. podcast. (laughs) And he'd missed a lot of time. Uh, he was amazing in 2018, but that's quite a few years ago now that's about three years removed, but this year he's kept it right back up. Um, he doesn't really provide steals, which is one reason I wasn't interested. And plus, he just didn't really have that standout uh, tool. But where he was going, he didn't need that. He just needed a clean bill of health and to hit three for the uh, Mariners and to hit plenty of homers. And he's done that. And then some. So it's a, it was a miss on my part. And uh, I like him a bit. But like you said, the health is a little concerning.
1: Yeah, the health concerning. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I'm just—I don't know, man. It's just like I feel like the other, other shoe's going to drop, and we kind of saw it here recently. you got a little banged up again, and then, I don't know if it's because he plays too hard, but have seen it with a lot of players, or what it is. But if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be really good the rest of the way. And that that Mariners offense is going to be sneaky interesting. Like there's, they have a lot of off nights, but that's because they're so young. But it's a very talented young team. We got like Ty France. You got Shed Long who's showing some signs of life. Uh, Crawford's playing great. Maybe Taylor Trammell gets more comfortable' We've seen him have some good games in with the bad because that's it's just a bunch of young guys trying to figure it out, and once and you know Jared Clinics going to be back up eventually, and I, mm-hmm. I I feel much more confident he's going to be better the second time around type thing, just getting his bearings together, so it's a good young team, a, a very good young team, they're probably another couple of years off, but I think they're going to have some some nice streaky situations there. All right, let's talk about your stocks down article, which has a uh, some probably some more names that I actually drafted on this one than some other <laughs> ones. But um, we already mentioned Keston here, so we don't have to go there. But Yasmani Grandal is a very, very fun one because when you look up Yasmani Grandal, depending on your league format, he's great or he's not. Like I have him in Tout Wars where he's an OBP league and his his three eighty three OBP because he walks twenty five percent of the time is outstanding. If you have a batting average league, he hits a buck seventy two. Which is crazy for a guy that's usually at least two forty ish, give or take. Most of his career, he's hitting with okay power. He's doing everything else, but his average is crushing you. If you're like in a batting average league, Lucas, what are you doing with a guy like Yasmani Grandal? Who, like I said, you weren't getting him for steals anyway, so he's checking the boxes everywhere else.
0: Yeah, this is this is a guy that I put him on my stock down, and Bubba, it felt weird because yeah, he's been decent. He's not. Killed you, but he's not really helped you. And I mostly just wanted to talk about his profile. I mean, whenever I first started writing him up, he was a 29% walk rate and like a 26% K rate. His walks have come down, but the guy just doesn't swing the bat. His swing percentage was like 28%, and there was nobody else in the 20s. It was like 30%. It's like the closest guy. He just stands there. He's hoping to get the walk. I mean, the 172 batting average is not helping you out for the draft price you paid, like around 115, 130. If you can trade him away and fill a need, I think you might be able to go out and find just an empty power guy who is obviously probably not going to outproduce Grandall, but you can use Grandall's name value to your advantage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, that's probably the best you have because you're not like you're not gonna drop him. That's the problem. It, it as much as he might be a hindrance to you, is he's still gonna produce power. He's still in the White Sox lineup, so who's eventually gonna wake up again and score runs you'd think. Like there's the Mac Stassies of the world, there's the Ryan Jeffers, there's a couple of guys like Luis Torrens is hitting all of a sudden. So like, those are the guys you'd be picking up. Are you like picking them up for a guy like Yasmani Grandal? Probably not. And that's where it gets very, very str- uh Like if you if you have a bench spot, I guess, but you know benching a catcher is never fun. That just feels like a wasted bench spot. So it's tough. It's it's really really tough with Grandall. and uh, it's one of those you kind of kind of stomach and hope that you can make up bad ever somewhere else
0: type deal. I, I do think, though, that you could turn him into something pretty useful. And like mm-hmm. you said, you just mentioned off like three, four guys that have been hitting and you can go streamer week to week with Torrens, who's mm-hmm. hitting homers and DFS for you. And, you know, Stassi was awesome for a little while. Probably, I think he's still going, but um, yeah, I think that's kind of what I probably would do because he is a big name. People might pay yep. something pretty good for him.
1: Yeah, just become a, a used car salesman and start sales pitching the snot out of his past history. Um, if it, and he's on the White Sox, and you know if you look at the bad X rest of season projections, they still haven't hit 11 more home runs. They haven't hit 228. So if he hits 228 the rest of the way, that's what you're trading for, not the 172. See, so you use your angles here and, and try try to make a sale because the talent's there. I just that swing rate is is comical, like you said yeah. for a He's like you said, he's literally up there. It feels like looking for a walk, which It's almost impressive that he's hit 11 home runs doing that, to tell you the truth. yeah. Um, Okay, this is a guy that, going into draft seasons, I started out, it was all the Javi Baez show for me, and I wish I stuck with that. But I kept telling myself after a while, okay, I can't put all my eggs in one basket just in case something happens. So I said, okay, who's getting drafted right around Javi Baez? Oh, Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres, you know, he's got some power. It's declined a bit, but he still has 20-plus, 25-plus homers, going to hit for an okay average, all these things. I'll take it. Glaber Torres has not been very good. So, what's uh, what's your look on Glaber Torres as you dug into him on this one?
0: Oh man, this is a guy that's kind of followed the Ben Simmons career path with Torres. <laughs> that's I, good. I, I like Torres a bit. I mean, I was I was fairly sold. Uh, not that he would have hit 38 homers, and me and you both uh, last year wrote him up as a huge fade at 35, but at 70. Exactly. That felt too good to pass in. up. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and I know, like I said, you and I were both out on him as a bus last year. We avoided him properly, and he dealt with COVID. There was health issues that we're pursuing from that, just like Moncada, mm-hmm. and the power's gone. The exit velocities are horrible. He's not hitting the ball very good. His OBP is good, so if, you, if you're in an OBP league mm-hmm. and you're a rebuilder in a dynasty, I do think that he will find a way to hit more home runs. But right now, the power has gone. I think uh, – I can't I can't expect it to come back this year. Anything can happen. It's baseball. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, this is a tricky one. And I just – this rest of the season, I don't see much power coming back.
1: And that's kind of how I feel with you is going into draft season, the price was right compared to the previous years, which mm-hmm. made me more optimistic to give him a shot. And then secondly, it's like you have the COVID things, you have all these things, and I believe eventually the power is going to come back. But then, like you look at his, you mentioned his barrels and his hard hits and all that. His hard hits have always been kind of surprisingly low, but he at least barrels it up a lot. And he's not even barreling the baseball, and that's where it's just like because max exit velocities are pretty much in line with his whole career. Mm-hmm. He's just not doing it consistently enough, and he relies on pulling that ball a lot for the home run. So it's a tough profile. It's a great stadium to do it in. He's gonna might be gone from that stadium pretty soon, which could be interesting. But he's one of those guys that's really frustrating because you can see the talents right there. It's just not breaking through, and I don't know what it's going to take anymore. Um, Alec Baum started out the year pretty good. Massive slump at one point was platooning with Brad Miller at third base. Like, people let that sink in for a second there. He was platooning, but he's starting to hit again. The power has not shown up like we saw uh, in 2020 when he got called up. But he had four hits the other night. He's slowly getting it going. Are you buying in maybe on a second half Alec Baum resurgence here?
0: Um. No, I'm not. <laughs> he, I, I do think he'll have a solid career in front of him. Um, but the the discipline is tough. I mean, 27% Ks, 5% walk. He doesn't even necessarily get you on base to score some runs whenever he's ice cold. He's got a 282 on base. Like you said, the fact that the team didn't even believe in him enough to give him full-time run. Maybe they were getting him his head right for a little while. But another guy doesn't really provide steals. Was supposed to be a big batting average guy. Yeah. But I think ultimately that 410 Babbitt from last year just over-exaggerated his draft costs a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's rough right now to say the least. And like you'll get his X stats last year where he overperformed. You look at his X stats this year, where he's underperforming. It's like they kind of all lead closer to the same area that mm-hmm. might show who he is. He's maybe more of a 275, 280 guy. So maybe he improves that way this year. But power-wise, like they're, they're showing room for growth. It's just a matter of uh, you got to barrel the ball up more, kid, and you got to Gotta attack the zone a little more. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes there with bomb. Like I'm wondering, just because that ballpark as it warms up, it could get lively for him. And you know, like you said, the term I like to use also. You never know because baseball, Mm -hmm. baseball things happen. Like it just, it's just crazy. I always make the comment like one for four is kind of good these days, but is that one for four a single or one for four a home run? That's what differentiates everything, and that's just like literally just a, a few marks on a baseball on a bat that changes all that. So. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a wild game that we enjoy kind of trying to predict. But um another guy that's really, really scuffling and um is pretty much I will I want to know if you think he's droppable, but Jorge Soler, he's got six home runs on the air, you know, the walk rate's in sync with the usual, the strikeout rate's kind of in sync with the usual, hitting a buck eighty three though. It's it's been a really rough go for Jorge Soler. Um do you what do you think going forward this season? And if you don't like him, is he droppable?
0: Man, that's another reason why that online championship team is uh, struggling. Solaire has just brought things down, and, man, it's just been tough. I I wouldn't drop him. I mean, obviously, he hit 48 bombs just two years ago in a very tough stadium to do so. Obviously, you're not going to even come close to even 30 homers the rest of the season, even 25. He's only got six so far in 66 games, but um, I would wait to see for signs of life. I would wait till at least probably – mid-July maybe August to cut him maybe a smarter guy than me would have cut him earlier but for me I'm going to stick with him just because he can get red hot and he can just go wild with some homers hopefully yeah my two cents on that like in a 12 team league you can I could see
1: 15 definitely not like hopefully you can stash him on the bench in a 12 team league if you have bench spots yes you staff him. but with the injuries and all you never know mm-hmm. it's just um it's hard to start him right now I'll say that much because I have him places too. And it's just like, he's one of the guys. I'm like, okay, I went and drafted this angle first. I need a power guy. He's sitting here. I'm going to take Solaire hit me 30 to the 35 home runs. We're going to call it good. He can't hit anything right now. So, massively disappointing for the leagues I do have him in. So, I feel your pain. Definitely feel your <laughs> pain on that one. Uh, last one I'm going to bring up here is Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who had a monster 2020 season. I even had a bold prediction that he would outproduce Tioscar Hernandez this year. That's not going so strong. But, um, you know, struggled early. We saw a little bounce back from him about a month or so ago. He's quieted down again. Now with George Springer coming back, he could end up being one of the casualties in this situation. So what's your thoughts on Guriel going forward?
0: Yeah, Guriel is a- another guy, the profile I'm just not a huge fan of just because he doesn't really walk at all to help his uh, help his decently sized strikeout rate. I mean, he's 23% strikeout rate for his career, and he walks around 4 or 5% of the time. Some guys, I can live with that if it's a Tim Anderson who's going to give you some stolen bags, but for a guy like Gurriel, where you're just relying on batting average and home runs and run production, of course, um, that's just not the kind of guy I go for. He has turned it on a little bit lately. He's kind of helped correct his numbers, and he's another one of these guys. uh, Players like yourself and I, we play DFS, so we see when these guys get on hot streaks, and Gurriel is another hot streak kind of guy, Um, but for this year and just the the Toronto lineup I think kind of made him a little overpriced in the draft season. Everyone wanted a, a part of that. And uh he he was he's fairly expensive, but rest of the season uh, probably wouldn't trade for him, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got onto a heater.
1: Yeah, I, that's kind of where I am with him. Like I'm I'm stashing him everywhere I can right now. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm waiting for that hot, hot run to come. The power production, the re- ability just to get on bases, he'll hit for an average. Like he does almost everything you want. He might not steal a ton of bases, but he's gonna be productive. So I'm with you there. He's He's been one that I've just been holding on to, like when it's like, okay, drop him or him, and I'm just like, I'm keeping real. I'm, I'm doing as long as I can. Yeah. Eventually, you just have to in certain leagues because it's been a insane year with injuries, and you know, a lot of the time, most listeners have IL spots, but like we'll talk NFPC or something, and you're out, or injuries are so bad, you have two IL spots and you have four guys on the IL. So what are you doing with like it's it's a wild wild west out there when it comes to all this, and he's a guy I'm trying to stash as long as possible. I get that. Okay. All right, let's talk some potential waiver wires for the upcoming week here. As it's, uh, We're almost at the halfway point in the season, which is pretty crazy to think about. We're getting really darn close to that. And uh, just kind of for fun here, obviously a lot can change the next 48, 72 hours with injuries and call-ups and all kinds of stuff. But early on here, what are some – we'll go back and forth. We we each made a list of four or five uh, potential targets this week. Who's one of your targets you're looking at uh, going in?
0: So he's not always available. I kind of have like a a great at worst and kind of a worst list here. But if Adrian Hauser's hanging out there, he does get a start against the Pirates. He's been able to be pretty good this year. He's a sub four ERA. I know that doesn't take you as far as it used to with the lack of run scoring, but I'm going to go ahead and grab him uh, where he's available.
1: Yeah. um, I I think he's been sneaky good because I've been on the fade hauser train the last few starts out there and the more i dig get on him he's actually proving me wrong i will be the first to admit that when he's been pretty pretty darn good right now um i'm gonna be very very honest with this one he's probably not available in many leagues but the fact that when i opened up my tgfbi free agents and i saw him sitting there i was like well i'm gonna bring him up because if he's sitting there in that league he might be in more leagues than I thought. And that's Akil Badu, which I'd be shocked if he is, but I know a lot of people kind of rage dropped him at one point in time because he started out on fire, obviously. Then he just really, really hit the skids. But he has learned to make adjustments, like really good adjustments. He's leading off as we record on Thursday for the second straight day for the Tigers, which is big because I think they're realizing he's not just a power anymore. He is a walking machine. Like if you go back to – June 11th here, i going to kind of sort this real quick. June 11th, he has uh, collected a hit in each game. That is a total of two, five, nine-game hitting streak going into Thursday's game, where he's hitting 387. he He's got no home runs, though, three doubles. But the kicker is all of a sudden he's stolen two bases over the last nine games, which I think is a, a sneaky, nice addition to him. And the most important thing, 10.8% K rate with a 16.2% walk rate. Like, he has developed plate discipline that you don't see from a lot of young players. So, again, probably not on a lot of waiver wires, but the fact I saw him sitting there, I'm going to bring him up. If he's there, if you're looking for outfielders, i go give him a shot right now because I think the power is still going to be around. But right now, he's kind of changed his approach at the plate. He's hitting for average, stealing bags, and if he's hitting towards the top of the Tigers lineup, he's going to score runs. So, um, yeah, Keel Badu would be one guy for me.
0: Yeah, he's actually but, available in uh, in my TGFBI, too. He's, uh, I was
1: shocked to see it. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so
0: there you go. I think one thing to note with him, just kind of a real side point, on your draft Champions Leagues, I mean, sometimes with these Rule 5 guys like Badoo, if you could have mm. seen that they have to carry him all year or else he just yeah. goes back, you can go grab him. I did the same thing with a guy who's been much worse, Kai Tom. But because mm. he was Rule 5, I was like, hey, 50, 50th round, why not, you know?
1: Yep. No, I, it's not like I get what you're saying though, because I've even added Kai Tom a couple of times this year just when I thought I needed a, a flyer for a week and it hasn't turned out great. But we've seen the highs and the lows with him. And the, and the biggest point you mentioned is they can't release him. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they got to give him back. So they're going to keep him on the roster. And more, more than likely, these aren't great teams. They're going to play him. So see what yeah. they got to see if they want to keep him going forward. Um, who's the second one for you?
0: Yeah, um, my second guy. I know I was listening to you and Toby on Tuesday, and Toby kind of wasn't the biggest fan. But Colby Allard is going to get a start against Oakland. Um, Toby made some great points as far as why a blowup could be coming. So tread cautious, tread tread with caution here. But he's had a pretty good uh, K to BB. He's going at Oakland. That's a it's a fairly challenging offense, but it's a good park. So if you're needing a start, I think Allard is perfectly fine.
1: All right. My second, I'm going to mix my list up here because we both have one player together. So I'm going to wait till you mention him and we'll talk about him in a little bit. But my second guy is going to be Nicky Lopez. And this is a guy I even wrote it up in an article at wrote Baller. I do an article Monday through Friday. And I'm like, I never thought I would write Nicky Lopez in a recommendation article this season. That was my first line. But here we are. And A, you got Mondesi back on the IL, which it does. like I just can't stay healthy, unfortunately. It really, really stinks to see here. And then if you just look at Nicky Lopez, over just the month of June, all this expanded through June, he's been playing really good. He's hitting three he He's got two stolen bases. Both those stolen bases have come like in the last week once he started playing regularly again. Um, He scores runs. So the reason I bring him up is he's the middle infield types where you're always kind of needing guys to stream here and there. And secondly, if you're in need of batting average, this is your guy. Like for now, why he's hitting for average, he's like – a Luis Arias type, maybe Luis least Arias light type situation. Neither one of them is going to give you a lot of power. They're going to steal some bags. Going to score some runs. Obviously, Arias is in a much better ball club. But if he, if, if Nicky Lopez is hitting for even over 300, he's hitting well over that right now. In an era where 230 is a good bagging average, he's going to help you out a ton. So those teams, like if you have your some money, grandall or something like that, this is the kind of guy you need. So I'm going to bring Nicky Lopez up um, and just ride it while he's hot is what I would say.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the team's forced to play him. He's their only shortstop. He was supposed to be a big prospect a few years ago and sometimes takes these guys a few years, even though most people wrote him off. So I I dig that one.
1: All right. Who's your next one?
0: Yeah. So the next one here, um, again, I try to make this point, even though it might be obvious to some, just be careful with these streamers. Mike Fulton, he's got a two start coming up here. He's going to be at Oakland and at Seattle. I don't think he's a great pitcher, but those are some decent parks to pitch in. And if you're chasing that volume, I think you can do it with Fulte.
1: Yeah, he picked up a, a very nice outing on Wednesday night to, to the detriment of my DFS lineups, but he did. Mm-hmm. He's he's another one of those guys, like kind of like Savali to me. Savali I like better than Fulte, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. they're either on for the night or you're going to know by like the second inning what you're getting. Like It's yeah. going to be one or the other with, with these guys. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, my next one, again, was available on TGFBI, and I'm, he's actually available in more leagues than you think because Michael Fulmer was dropped when he got hurt. People thought Gregory Soto or um, Cisnero were going to be the closers, and they've been very good. But Fulmer got back, and he's already jumped right back in the closers role. He's gotten a couple saves, and they're showcasing him to trade him. So if you're in need of saves, which a lot of teams are, go grab Michael Fulmer. That's the best thing I can say. Be ready to the, – the recommendation I gave on a previous podcast with Toby is – be ready like a week or two before the trade deadline to grab Cisnero or Soto and stash them. But ride Fulmer while you can. He's getting a couple save chances a week. This Tigers team is not a great team, but they're sneaky better than like they're they're competitive more often than not. So he's gonna run into a couple save chances a week. So Michael Fulmer is one of my guys. Absolutely. Who's your next one?
0: Yeah, so the next guy here, and I hate putting these caveats out there, but I just want to try to give a little bit further context. And if he does keep starting uh, today and this weekend, I haven't checked lineup since we started here, but Daz Cameron was a prospect of note. I kind of started going for him in dynasties last year just because his bat is underwhelming. But I thought there was a Christian Pache kind of thing you could have in a deep league where he just plays good defense out there and is fine. He's hit a few homers. He's stolen a base or two. And, I mean, Detroit, they would be very wise to see what he has. So if uh, Daz Cameron is out there, I, I would definitely throw a few shekels his way.
1: Yep, that's the guy okay. I had on my list as number two. I'm like, okay. I'm going to wait till uh, Lucas brings him up because I was kind of skeptical at first, kind of how I've mentioned with most prospects I am. For anybody that's listening to this show long enough knows I'm usually hesitant to go at mm-hmm. prospects, but I am going to put bids in on Cameron this week because one thing you mentioned for sure is they have no reason not to see what he has. Like, they call them up, supply so him. It's that simple. Like, otherwise leave them down. Um, you, you can list off the other outfield options in Detroit. Like you have Grossman and Badu, sure. But after that, like really, what are we fighting with here? So um, Daz Daz definitely going to a shot. Like you mentioned, his first few games looked a little shaky, like he was getting his feet wet. But he's now hit safely in five straight games going into Thursday with uh, homers and two out of his last three. stole on the base in each of his last two games. Still at 33% K rate. So that's always concerning. But that's the thing you see with a lot of these young guys. It's like the new – it's not justifiable, but it's like this new era of baseball. It's just what these guys do. Like I talked about it many times. Go look at Steven Duggar's numbers. The dude strikes out like 40-something percent of the time. But <laughs> when he puts the ball in play, it's amazing. So yeah. it's tilting. It's very tilting. And maybe that's why there are more streamers than full-time. But you mentioned with Daz Cameron, he's got that prospect pedigree. He's obviously got the family pedigree. Um, He's he's going to be – he he feels like he should be on the Blue Jays with the rest of the yeah. – um, with all those. Like he should be with them, with the Guerreros and the Bichettes and the Bezos. But he's not but uh, i'm with you dash cameron he's going i wish i'm kind of kicking myself for not grabbing him a week ago when he's cuz he's going to go for some good money this week but mm-hmm. i would definitely put some bids in on him even if it's keep him on his bids cuz maybe some people overlook him i think he's going to have a good run in him the rest of this year
0: absolutely these those are the best prospects to go for since your investment level is what maybe 20 to 30 bucks exactly. or something like that so you can cut bait some biggie
1: Yep, I have no problem. Like, I even mentioned it a few weeks ago with, with Jackson Coar. I figured, you know, he had that first blow up. I'm like, okay, I still think he's a good prospect. We saw he in not triple A. Obviously, since that's all taken place, he got demoted. Like, he's back in triple A, but uh, things looked good. So I got him like the week after the blow ups for like 15 to 20 bucks. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that chance now because I can go cut him and not worry so much. Like, do I want that money in September? Yes, but I'm not spending $180 anymore either. So yeah. I'll take those chances. Um, do you have a fifth one for us?
0: Yeah. Fifth one, these types of guys, this ty- this kind of guy is probably not available, but I would just keep an eye out on your injury kind of guys. You mentioned Tommy Listella. I saw he actually was heading to AAA mm-hmm. uh, to, to get his to get his uh, rhythm going and get ready to play with the Giants again. My guys, Eloy Jimenez, he's possibly available in some NFBCs. And other guys are going to have the same thoughts as me. Go ahead and stash him now if you have the luxury. Now, if you're banged up, obviously this is a no-go. But if you have that luxury, uh, he did start baseball activities at at the complex. Um, So if you want to grab him, I would say this week or maybe a week from now is the time. Yeah, 100%
1: on board with you there. If you have any roster spot where you can stash him, I'd grab Eloy if you could because it felt like he wasn't supposed to play the rest of the year. Like It was all the initial prognosis and then – All of a sudden, he's starting activities, and if you get him for a month and a half to two months now, that's tremendous. So, this this is a guy that was a top two to three round pick and now in a 15 team league. So, now you're going to get him for a couple months off the waiver wires. Pretty darn cool. So, I'm with you there. Uh, The last guy I'll mention is more of a grouping. Check your waiver wire. The Rockies play seven games next week in Coors Field. So, go go check out to see like your Jonathan Daza's, your Fuentes's, these guys that. Usually you're only streaming them, and this is what you need. You're streaming them for Colorado. So go check your wire for that. But also Pittsburgh plays three and St. Louis plays four. So if you want to go and check those guys, you might have a better chance of grabbing some. Like Newt Bar got called up for St. Louis. Maybe all of a sudden he's playing, he gets four games in Coors Field. Go check that out or some of these other options that are out there for the two teams. All right. Um, What two-star pitchers are you looking at next week? And obviously this could still change because pitching is just the – Guys that are going to be throwing next week change all the time. So who do you got now?
0: Um, So my two start guys, I mentioned one of them earlier, uh, Fulton Evich. I've not really been a big fan of his over his career, but the matchups are right. And I have to give guys who are actually available. (laughs) So he is going to be mentioned. Um, Another one that's pitching better of late. It's tough though, because your Giants are a frisky little team there. But a leap of faith, if you wanted to go for it, is Caleb Smith. He's getting his strikeouts back for the Diamondbacks, and he's looking better. But uh, like I said, just be careful in your ratios with these guys.
1: No, Caleb Smith is the first guy I wrote down too. He's okay. pitching really well, and like da- daily leagues, I have picked him up and streamed him for his last few starts. He was look he looked really good against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's offense obviously isn't the best of offenses, but Smith, since going back to the rotation, has looked really good. So. He's even one of those guys that you can grab and potentially stream off and on the rest of the season on your bench. Like I think he's at least in, at least in fifteen team leagues, I, I could see him as an option there. That he'll have some viability the rest of the way. So I'm with you on Smith. Um, the only other guy I mentioned because I wrote down because there's like now I want to do Danny Duffy, but he only threw two innings on uh, Wednesday, so they're going to baby him back in. But I'm still a believer in what we saw before his injury. So he's just a, if you if you want to speculatively add someone pretty soon, keep an eye on Duffy. Um, Spencer Howard's coming back in the rotation. I'm not a Spencer Howard fan. Are you a Spencer Howard fan at all? Because he has not shown it to me yet.
0: Um, I know James Anderson's been high on him, and obviously his opinions change as we get more info. And, and I, I was tepidly interested in adding him, but then I saw the whip, and I know that lack of track record. I mean, he could be lightning in a bottle. These guys can make a change and, and change their true talent. But I, I didn't list him just because I think there's a bit of downside with him.
1: I just don't think he's going to go deep enough yet. Like yeah. uh, They're still working on the strikeouts. Like If you need strikeouts, that's a guy for you. But there's still like the massive blow-up potential is scary with Spencer Howard. So he's not a guy I'm going to add. I just wanted to get your thoughts on him because he does have two starts. Mm-hmm. One's versus Miami. The other one's versus San Diego. And they're both at home in Philadelphia. But the other guy I will bring up, and I wasn't really on him this week because his, his first start didn't show me a lot, and he was getting shelled in the minor leagues. But Matt Manning has two starts next week. First one's at Cleveland. I like that. Mm-hmm. Second one's at home against the White Sox. That's a little more suspect. So it just kind of depends on your risk tolerance and how deep of a league you're in. But he's gone five innings in both starts, two in runs in both starts, but no strikeouts. That's the other caveat that really concerns me with him. So I'm not a I, pretty much the only guy I really like this week so far is Caleb Smith going into it. Cause if you look at the two start options, it's a lot of studs this week. So they're probably, they're pretty much all rostered as we speak. Um, couple listener questions and we'll head on out of here our boy uh michael carter uh he's an awesome dude he was on the show a couple weeks ago he had a couple questions for you you guys are buddies because i know you guys have done some shows together first yeah. off he has where does lucas find the time to do all his work
0: <laughs> well as i uh as i alluded earlier i was uh not cranking out articles necessarily to begin the year but uh um, I don't know. Just kind of you. You do a lot more work than me, okay. so you're more the guy to ask because you're doing uh, your DFS every day and uh, waking up at at five a.m. and getting <laughs> that going. But you just got to plan yeah. it out, I guess. I mean, pretty just much make your schedule and go from there.
1: Yep, just schedule around it and make the time for what you have. And if not, don't commit to it. That's like I, that. Yeah. Just, just that. Uh, that'd be the easiest thing, is because it's it's tough. But his other question's a good one because Matt Chapman was a uh, a target of a lot of people, a lot of smart people. Going into the season, looking for the bounce back off the hip injury, all that good stuff. Got off to a really rough start, but man, oh man, has he taken off since then? He has an um, 11-game hitting streak going into Thursday. I'm not sure if he got a hit on Thursday, where he's hitting three forty one with four homers over that stretch. He's doing everything. Um, so he wanted to know, what's our thoughts on Matt Chapman? And personally, to make it easy for me, I'm a big fan, but what's your thoughts on Matt Chapman?
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan too. Um Years prior to this year, I hadn't necessarily had much stock in him just because he was fairly expensive, but this year was perfect. I mean, you get into that 110 to 140 range. There's not a guy, a lot of guys that stick out to you as absolute studs, but I mean, if Chapman is healthy, I, I think he's a three-category beast. Like you said, the injury has plagued him, and I didn't think it would because he's such an athletic guy. He's very mobile and best defender, one of the best defenders at third. I thought he'd be fine, but it made him struggle. Like you said, he's felt a lot better. And depending on how the narrative shifts around him, it might just be, hey, he he wasn't healthy and now he is, and he's fully priced if that happens next year. I'm not sure I'm going to be paying, you know, top 90 or top 80, but uh, if he's around the same range as this year, I'll be all over him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. It's, I think he's a great pick. One thing about him is his defense is so great, he's always going to be on the field. So you don't mm-hmm. worry about that. And, his, you know, the production was always wonky, but if you looked at, like, his stat cast pages, his quality of content – It was always hit hard. He was always barreling things up. It was one of those things, a lot of smart people said it, and it made sense. He could be like one of those, if everything starts to click for him, he could be a 40 home run guy. Like He's that talented. I don't see it happening just yet, but the the tools are there. So I like Chapman quite a bit going forward. I think he's ready to rock and roll for a big second half of the season. Uh, The other question he says, he asks, who is one starting pitcher I should be targeting for a second half surge?
0: Yeah, so I uh, had a tr- tricky time with this one, but I came up with two names, and I tried to go a little bit more available. One is going to be a little bit more expensive because he's had a lot more success, Patrick Sandoval. Like he's that. shown he's shown a great changeup, and he's just been really good. The past few uh, games, he was a big prospect with the Astros and was a casualty of their system. Um, and the other guy I have that we actually mentioned was Cal Quantrill. This is more bet on the Cleveland system, the fact he's going to get pretty good matchups for most of his uh, in-division games outside of the White Sox. And I think he's going to be fairly affordable as well in a trade or maybe even available on the waiver wire.
1: I like both of those quite a bit. Um, a couple of those off the top of my head I'll mention is, like, on, honestly, I think Halo Smith is interesting. We talked about him already. I think he could be one that you can use off and on. Uh, last episode, we recapped last week's Fab. Um, I believe Ross Stripling as a guy you could roll mm-hmm. with going forward. I think there's a lot to like with the changes he's made there and uh, looks more like that guy we used to love. And then I think I'm just going to die on this sword. I've said it pretty much everywhere anybody has asked me. And I understand if people don't want to take the plunge, but I am still a massive believer in Eduardo Rodriguez. I really am. Like, I know the overall numbers don't look great, but if you like go under the hood here, it's a 6.07 ERA, but it's a 3.65 FIP and a 3.51 X FIP. Uh, And then you look at like the the important stuff. You know, the K to walks like the best of his career at twenty point eight percent. He still has a twenty seven percent K rate. Uh, He's limiting all the hard contact, which is outstanding. Uh, If you look at even deeper stuff, there's eleven point one percent swinging strike rate. Contact rate's about average at seventy seven percent. So it's just not clicking all there. But even he went six innings, three earned seven Ks yesterday. I think there's more there with him. I really do, and I'm. I might be wrong. People like I think people are expecting the Cy Young potential of Erod, and that might not be there this year. But I think there's more to what he is, and at anything he's either been rage dropped, or you could get him for really cheap in a trade. And I think he's worth gambling on compared to some other guys. Could be wrong. I might die on that sword.
0: No, I actually. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned him. I actually offered up. Uh a league meteors can do offered him up in a dynasty league. Nolan Jones this week for Eduardo Rodriguez, unfortunately got shot down. He didn't want to sell low. I understand that, but I think Rodriguez will be able to provide those K's, And he has too much talent to do this. He's way better than this.
1: That's how I feel like I know there's sometimes we kind of have those rose colored glasses on when we're watching our fantasy guys that we just like, and it's hard to accept. They're just not good right now or something. But Mm -hmm. even when I look at the numbers, I'm like, he's really not this bad. Like, it's just, it's like one hit here or there just blows up the whole thing. And that's what it is. So I'm going to keep riding him and see what, what happens. I think eventually he's going to pay off big. And there's going to be a DFS night where he's going to make all the money because he's priced down every time now. So it's going to mm. be beautiful. Um, John Dobos asks, what is up with Ian Happ and Willie Calhoun?
0: Hap, uh, I actually did write about him in that stock yeah. down article you're mentioning his ground balls. are just a little bit too high for me to feel comfortable that he is going to have a power surge. I mean, he's well over 50% ground balls. He's another guy similar to, uh, grand He's looking for the, he's looking for the walk. He's a big on base percentage guy. Um, his batting average is always going to probably be poor for fantasy baseball, in my opinion. Um, and perhaps he could turn it on, but I wouldn't bet on him for this year. But in an on-base percentage dynasty, he's still fairly young. I like him in those types of deals.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on half there. I think the talent's still super, super good. I think we all had high hopes on like 30 home runs or something. That wasn't going to be it. Um, that's more the Jock Peterson on the team. But he's there to lead off, get on base, maybe hit 20-something homers. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned the ground ball rates. He just needs to go to the school of Lurito and and they'll figure it out, so – He's not too far off. I wouldn't be too worried about him. Just might not be coming this season. Yeah. Uh, what about Willie Calhoun for you? Because Calhoun's interesting. He's getting hits. He's hit safely in like 10 of his last 12. He just has no power this season.
0: Yeah, Calhoun was one of the other ones. I, I was looking at John's question, and uh, Hap was pretty, pretty straightforward for me to try to figure that one out. Calhoun, I can't figure out why he's been so poor. Uh, his... His contact has been right there. He's a very low strikeout guy, which is awesome to see for the RBIs and hopefully batting average. The power dried up, but maybe he got lucky in 2019, but this was a guy that popped 21 homers in 83 games that year, which is amazing rate, obviously. Uh, But this year, I mean, he's not hitting too many ground balls. He's got a perfectly decent launch angle. His barrels are low, but he's not a big really masher per se. He's more of just a contact, put it in play kind of guy. And since I can't really figure out what's wrong with him, I would assume maybe he'll bounce back. Uh, I'm not sure where you're at, but I think he'll be okay.
1: Yeah, I'm still trusting him. As long as the Rangers keep running him out there, I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to trust it. I've always said with that team, it's a very bad baseball team, but they have a ton of offensive talent around them. So it's one of those, if Calhoun keeps figuring it out, he's going to start helping you in every category, basically. So I, I think he's definitely got guy to ride with. As long as he keeps hitting for average, it's going to give him a chance to score runs. And eventually, if he starts figuring out maybe to elevate it a little more, maybe barrel a few up, he's going to run into some home runs. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't run away too quick on him. I'm like, you know, Ian Happ, where there's like clear signs of concern. Uh, at first glance, it's really tough to get too mad at Calhoun. Like, they, like the bad X still has him hitting ten homers, scoring thirty two runs, hit, uh driving in thirty three, and hitting two forty seven the rest of the way. That's not a bad season. So I, I I'd ride with that and see what happens. Like all the projection sites have him for at least 10 home runs the rest of the way. And he's only got five so far this year. So, and the bad X takes into like stat cast and all that kind of stuff that takes into account, everything we were, we're looking at. And so I think I'd stay positive on that one's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, these Last, are guys. Uh, no. These these are guys that are just really interesting to buy in dynasty because the other yeah. owners worried. I mean, if you have Gleyber Torres, are you really going to be willing to sell low on Torres? You're probably not as worried, but a fringier player like Calhoun, you're like, all right, I'll just take what I can get.
1: That's smart. That's very smart. That's how you improve things because Calhoun, people forget, is still very very young. Mm-hmm. And he was once a very very high prospect in the Dodgers system. So there's there's lots to love with that pedigree, and it's always been an offensive pedigree. So. There's something there for sure. Uh, last question. I'm, I'm guessing Lee Kel- Keeler is in your Dynasty League by chance?
0: Or no? Yes, he is, and he yeah, offered okay. me a trade yesterday.
1: <laughs> so he says, why does Lucas think in an OBP slugging 20-team dynasty that Alex Verdugo is better by a wide margin over a healthy Brandon Nemo?
0: Yeah, so this is that insanely deep uh, situation yeah. that I was talking about with the Darren Ruff. He, I was looking for some starting pitching, and he offered me up a deal that I will agree it was better than I uh, gave it credit for. But he came knocking for Alex Verdugo, who's pretty much one of my core pieces at this point, yeah,
1: especially in and, an OBP league.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so so much younger than Nemo, well about three four years. But um, I don't know the fact that Nemo has ha- has some neck issues has me kind of worried for his long term. I know Verdugo had back issues, so I, I kind of thought you know that's a slight concern, but it hasn't popped up. He did, uh, he did also attack on Caleb Smith, so I'll give Lee a little bit of credit. But uh, if I'm going to trade away Verdugo, that's just a package I wouldn't do for it.
1: Yeah, he's, I'm, I'm with you on Verdugo in a dynasty slash OBP format, especially the depth you're going. Like, I like Nemo, don't get me wrong, especially in an OBP. Absolutely. But the dude just, unfortunately, he can't stay healthy either. Mm-hmm. So like he's still on the I.L. Like, he's been, it was supposed to be a short-term thing, I thought, and it just continues to go and go and go. So I'm with you there. Like I like Nemo a lot. At the same time, I love Verdugo. I love what he's doing, and also you got Verdugo in that Boston lineup compared to Nemo and which the Mets lineup's improved. Don't get me wrong; it's much improved. I'll still take my chances in Boston. And we said it earlier with with Wander Franco. Look at the ballparks and the pitching staffs Verdugo gets to face compared to what Nemo gets to face with the Mets. And Nemo might platoon with Kevin Pilar at times, which is always so much fun. So yeah, there's a lot of things going against Nemo for now five years from now, we might think this is a bad idea, but uh, that's yeah. the crazy part about dynasty is you, you're, you're trading for the now, but you're also trading for the future. And so trying to, to weigh all that's out. It's pretty fun, but all right, Lucas, that'll wrap us up for today. Uh, any closing thoughts as we're almost halfway through the fantasy baseball season.
0: Um, I'm just going to point out there just to make sure that you're diligent on your bids to, to keep your, keep them honest bids in there. Make sure you're super locked in on those lineups just so you don't have a a DH go into the NL or something. Cause other guys will, I mean, people have families and vacations and uh, little things will slip through the cracks, but my personal opinion, I'm going to do the best I can to set these lineups and to try to scrap as much as I can and see what happens.
1: Yep, that's a good point. And then you also made some points. Uh, look for some of these guys going on rehab. Lastella, Eloy, go get them now if you can, or at least closer to their return. Don't wait till the week they return, and you'll get some. You'll get some potential starters at a massive discount. So those are the little things that'll help you along the way. Last question I have for you: Your Twitter handle is lucasbeery 33 Larry Bird,
0: big Larry Bird guy. I Actually, know you're uh, a Hoosier, <laughs> so I had to ask. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's okay. uh, one of my favorite players, so for sure.
1: Who do you got? Uh, who do you have winning the NBA finals? I know you're a basketball guy too.
0: You know, I I was thinking it would be one of the Nets, Bucks, and then I had the Suns as well in there, and I'm going to keep with the uh, the Bucks and the Suns, even though the Hawks continue to prove me wrong. I'm I i can not believe that we're seeing Trey Young in the conference finals before we're seeing Luka Doncic. I don't understand that, but yeah, it's it happened. bananas.
1: Like part of me likes the chaos because it shows that sports is awesome. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like I want to see X player all the time. So I know. it's the the bright side of it is like I'm I've I've been a lifelong I was a Kings fan I lived up by Sacramento I, I still root for them I like the Warriors because I'm closer to them now. Um, regardless, when the Lakers get eliminated, I'm always happy. Like that was <laughs> I know I know most TV places aren't happy about that, but I was just like yes, beautiful. Yeah. Um. So that that works for me. But uh, all right, we'll wrap it up with that. Make sure everybody follows Lucas on Twitter at Beery thirty three. Go check out the Lucast podcast with Lucas and Luke Landers and check out his written content at fantasy sports. DJs. but Lucas, thanks for joining me, my friend. Had a great time.
0: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on.
1: Everybody, this is Bench with Bubba, episode three eighty one, talking some fantasy baseball with Lucas Beery. Catch you guys later.